going on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! The tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Baby, if I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi. How's it going, everybody? Today's Friday, July 22nd, 2016. This is episode 181 of the Hotbox. My name is Matt Lee, of course. StuffStarsLike.com. Find my weird reviews there and all that. CannabisJournal.com for some more business-oriented type stuff. Uh, we got a fun discussion today with Tim Matson, Festival Director of the Cannabis Culture Film Fest over there in New York. So going to call him up right now and see what's going on. Hello. Hey, Tim. It's Matt Lee of hey, the Hotbox. How How's it going? It's going good. How about yourself? Uh, it was going good until Hangouts and Skype decided they couldn't share the bandwidth, but that's all right. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get it to work. So I was uh, explaining that you're from the Cannabis Culture Film Fest. Uh, so the film festival director. Sorry, I kind of got a little pause there. But <laughs> yeah, so uh, festival director as well as the founder of the Cannabis Culture Film Festival. But that all started because of the New York City Cannabis Film Festival. And so that's, I did uh, see, we interviewed the lady from Dude, Where's My Ferret? And it looks like they did pretty good at the 2015 Hello? festival that you guys put on. It's another film festival that we put on. That is actually done where uh, we, we have a partner organization that we, so yeah, in regards to the New York City Cannabis Film Festival, that's another film festival that I have founded as well as film festival director. Uh, there's an organization called High New York that we, you know, kind of partnered up with and put that festival on, and it's actually in its second year this year as well as the Cannabis Culture Film Festival. So, oh, cool. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it started. What's uh, the plans for the future? Just keep getting people out there, spreading the word, and getting them to make cool movies that everyone can enjoy at these festivals. Oh, for sure, of course. You know, I mean, there's plenty of them being made, and there is a hell of a lot of great content out there, you know, stoner films that uh, make stoners or should make stoners proud. Uh, so we want to be able to provide an outlet for them to feature that to the world and what better place than New York City. But the Cannabis Culture Film Festival is actually a traveling film festival and that's indoor-outdoor. So next year, we plan on having it in a state where it's legal so that way we can actually allow our audience to imbibe while they watch their film. Just so as they would the do at home. That's awesome. Exactly. I mean, that's the point. So what would make going to the movies more interesting? You know, Be, you can't just have recliners smoke. and cup holders anymore. Right. You can't just have a super wide screen and surround sound. There's got to be more to it. So it's really about the experience. And I think that that's where cinema, especially stoner cinema, should go. That's an awesome way to look at it, too, because if, you, if you're in the position of having those movie theaters that people maybe aren't frequenting as often because they do maybe get the idea to, but then you sit around and you smoke a couple and you're like, you know, I'm just going to watch something on Netflix. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you could go out and smoke there, and I mean, a movie is plenty of time to be able to let you get high, come back down and be a safe driver home. Exactly. At least that, more safe than, than drinking at bars. It, exactly. And in, in regards to that, you know, there's a theater... In uh, Portland, Oregon, I believe it's called the Aladdin, where you can go in and get a beer and a meal and watch a movie. I, I think it would be great to have a cinema like that, where you can, you know, uh, it would be a movie theater where you can imbibe and have some great food. 
and it'll be food that could be infused as well. There's a ton of uh, chefs out there, amazing chefs that are infusing food, and it's an easy, simple way to uh, imbibe and yeah. also, you know, enjoy your meal. I always thought that would be great if you could have a place that instead of drinking, you could just go smoke. There's live podcasts, there's music, depending on what day of the night, and it's just a cool, comfortable place to hang out that's not home, you exactly. know? Get stoners out of the house. Exactly. In regards to that, you know, I think what would help um, make that more feasible, too, is as we go into a future where we have self-driving cars, you know, maybe that's when people will, you know, relax on things a little more. So as far as, like, imbibing, and it's only been two hours since you've imbibed, you know, they're not going to bust your balls. Right. Not but, And, and like, know. real self-driving cars, not like I smoked a joint <laughs> and it feels like my car is driving itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Hopefully you're not that kind of stoner. That's but, right. Um, Stoners know better. But, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So in regards to the Cannabis Culture Film Festival, you know, there's some goals and, you know, future ambitions, but definitely a traveling film festival, uh, having a bus or even like, you know, a van bus uh, with a projector in it so you could do some outdoor screenings very similar to what HBO does in New York City in Bryant Park where, you know, during the summer they do movies in the park. And uh, again, that would be cool to have that. Uh, as part of what cannabis culture is. So, and then as far as the New York City Cannabis Film Festival, that is routed, or I should say grounded in New York City and very much a part of, um, you know, the city here and culture here, and that's going to be here for years to come. But the Cannabis Culture Film Festival has no state or city that it, you know, is uh, based in, so it, it can go wherever. So like I said, as far as next year, it could go to... You know, if Maine legalizes, who knows, maybe Maine or one of the states that's already been legalized, Colorado, Washington State, etc. So is that something that's currently happening? We can tell people to expect this bus rolling through their town if they live in a legal state, or do you have a schedule up on your website, maybe? Not yet. We're, we're actually in planning stages for next year for the Cannabis Culture Film Festival. Oh, cool. And uh, that being said, what we have to figure out is the state that will allow you to imbibe in a location that, you know, you have screening. And I think what we're getting closer to is an outdoor screening, only because then, you know, uh, Board of Health or et cetera, you know, fire marshal, things like that <clears throat> where aren't, aren't so much an issue. Right. They definitely worry, especially if you pack the building, uh, if people are getting stoned and they may not be able to get out the door as quickly as possible. But again, <laughs> sure, rarely. You know, that's, that's maybe then you just allow people to only vape. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So it, it also seems easier. You can have someone that just has like a large plot of land, right? That's private. If sure. it's private, as long as it's a rec state, you can, you know, do whatever you want. Sure. Why not? I mean, you know, uh, we're, I'm not too far from Woodstock. You know, that's just north of us. So. Yeah, same idea. <laughs> you know, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's that would be great. And I think that as far as this election season in particular, if you want to draw some, you know, some electricity to something, throw a stoner fest somewhere. It definitely gets you know? the, the eyeballs noticing. Yeah. Well... That and red and bloodshot, but you yep. know, at least <laughs> exactly. you're enjoying yourself. So exactly, what did you do before this? Like, what was your? Have you uh, always well, been I'm in this? Actually, I'm all over the place. Um, you know, I've actually back in high school, I've done radio broadcasting all the way through college, 
And, um, you know, uh, but my real forte is film production. So I, you know, produce films and videos, shorts, features, etc. But um, as far as what kind of brought me to this was being media director for High New York, uh, which is an organization where we're, you know, an advocacy group here in the city that's trying to push for legalization as well as, you know, to help with rights for, you know, medical side of things as well, because uh, New York State has some pretty stringent medical cannabis rules or for, you know, I guess for who it's available to, it's right. a very limited window. And, and we'd like to see that expanded to be able to help more people. Yeah. Uh, we do feel that it's nature's medicine and there's nothing better than something that already kind of connects with your biology. That's right. There's a whole endocannabinoid system in this kingdom that's like just waiting for weeds. Well, well, yeah. And in regards to the human body, what's interesting is that we actually have a, uh, um, cannabinoid receptors throughout the, yep. the body and it, it goes even back to the primordial soup where you know they, they even had cannabinoid system which is crazy it's like we've evolved but, you know next to this plant with this plant exactly to be tolerant exactly. Some of, kind of correlation yeah because hey life sucks sometimes and and you know you need to just relax so the plant's always <laughs> been there that's like it's okay We'll get that brontosaurus tomorrow or something, you know? It'll be fine. <laughs> well, the question is how they how they came up with it. And, you know, some people said that they, man was observing uh, animals in nature eating the plant and I guess probably saw them getting, or maybe they just ate experiment and happened upon it. Who knows? Right. However that had that happened, I'm thankful it did. It's it's like the stoned ape theory. Uh, That's if, right. If I, I, it's with... almost like 2001. You yeah, know, yeah. When the apes, like... Throw that stick up, and uh, it's like that's like instead of the big black monument, replace that with like a big bushy, great, amazing, juicy plant. What strain would it be if you had the choice? What are you? Oh, what's what's some of your favorite stuff right now? You know that's tough. Um, strawberry cough. Uh, mm. uh, what else? Um, you know, can't go wrong with a lot of Kush or various Kushes. You know, Bubba, etc. Blue Dream is pretty much a standard, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of open as long as it's good. Yeah, that's that you you hear a lot of that depending on which you know region of the country you live in. Some people I ask that to, and they're like, "Whatever my homie brings me," <laughs> you know, like <laughs> there's no choice. We kind of forget that living in Washington, that there's a whole country out there that you can't just drive five minutes to the store and buy whatever weed you want, extract whatever. Exactly. Where in Washington are you? Uh, over in the Tokeland area. Oh, okay, because, like, I, I used to live in, before I moved out to New York City in 2001, I used to live in Olympia, Washington. I was uh, oh, cool. going to the Evergreen State College, so... Oh, wow, small but, world. Um, yeah, yeah, we just drove through Olympia. Uh, we went to Tacoma for the Imperius Expo uh, to cover that for a magazine, and... Yeah, it, it's interesting. I've been watching these business expos kind of grow over the years since I've been here and, and really paying attention to this. And they've definitely gotten bigger and more like uh, companies, bigger companies that cannabis isn't their only thing, right? Like uh, Bucci or somebody that makes Rotovaps. They've made lab equipment for decades. And now they're like, oh, this is legitimate enough. We're going to spend the money to have someone set up a booth there because, you know, these these extractors and everything, they're they're needing this kind of stuff. Totally. So actually there was an expo not too long ago here in New York City, the World Cannabis Congress, 
and uh, or, or Canvas World Congress and the Business Expo that was held at the Javits. Same thing, you know, where they have these companies coming out uh, demonstrating their wares. You see these uh, bigger companies who are kind of entering that market. But, you know, as they say, it's a $45 billion industry. <coughs> Excuse me. $5 billion of it is now, you know, kind of legalized or at least in a legal zone. And $40 billion, something like that, $40 billion is still in the gray. So, you know, the real deal is, is that they should just legalize because it, we have too much to gain. And the real deal is, is that if you look at statistically how states or states that have legalized, you know, as far as like people being concerned with traffic accidents or anything like that, it's actually gone down. Yep. And addiction and, rates. Uh, and I mean, there's there's a exactly. whole list of things that have improved. Exactly. And grandma's happier. Yep. You know, Uncle Joe <laughs> with PTSD is happier. He's not going to shoot anybody. Or, you know, I got, you know, I hate to say that, but that's horrible. But, you know, the, the suicide rate for, uh, you know, military people who return uh, is yep. just, it's through the roof. And that's, that's sad and it's, you know, effed up. And I think a lot of it has to do with people who have PTSD who go untreated. And I think that, you know, those people would benefit. And I know there's plenty of groups out there. Uh, uh, groups that help these uh, troops um, who you know need this plant, and yeah. it's a simple solution to a problem that uh, you know is real. And man, yeah, there's there's, there's a lot of social ramifications and uh, benefits that yeah, just legalize this already. Yeah, that that was something I kept hearing uh, echoed at the the conference, and I find more fascinating like the things that happen after the conference, where the people from all those industries get together and actually have a chance to unwind and smoke, and you hear some of like the most craziest conversations, and it's it's all innovative and it's pushing forward, and everything is cool and happy. Um, speaking of the veterans thing, we did we were speaking with a couple groups uh, at the expo. One of them is called. Uh, grow for vets or growing vets, but they basically grow cannabis or collect cannabis as donations in states that allow this, of course, not all states do. Uh, and then they give it out to the vets that need it because they also recognize that that's a huge benefit to them. Yeah, yeah, totally. <clears throat> uh, there's also an organization in Kentucky that grows hemp and a bunch of vets, you know, bond together working on that plantation growing hemp. And that's another crop that would, again, benefit America. It used to benefit America in the past, but why can't it benefit America in the future? I mean, especially you're talking about a product that, you know, you can get just about anything from. You can get plastic out of hemp. You know, Henry Ford made a car out of hemp that was more durable and could take impacts that steel and, and other materials can. So what, what kind of, let's, you know, let's be real. Let's, let's start making sane decisions that aren't based on fear and propaganda. Yeah. You could build houses out of that stuff. There was a hempcrete well, business I saw a while exactly. back. It, it's pretty amazing, like what it can do. And I, I feel like once the money issue is, it's researched, it's validated, and that's what the government's all about. It's just a big business. They like their money. Once they see well, that, sure. that, that'll be their last like argument about letting full legalization or re-legalization happen uh, in the country. Is just making money off of it? Is is yeah, basically. I mean, it's just a well, business for them. So once you can show them that, like, this is going to get you out of debt eventually, or has the the capability to, while improving society, which I some of them care, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I hope so. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I definitely. I certainly hope so. I mean, you got to have faith in humanity. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. they're, you know, they, they, they come out of the pool, and they can't just deny the pool. You can't turn around and say, well, I didn't come from that, you know? So, yeah, I certainly hope so. And uh, I'd like to see more, you know, Jeffrey Lebowski's out there. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talking <laughs> about the... Agriculture. We spoke to a company that's based in Sweden, and basically, there's this part in the law that says you, if it's CBD taken from a certain part of the plant, right, not the flowers or buds, uh, but from the stems and sticks, I guess, of the hemp plant, uh, as long as it's not grown in the U.S., you can import that CBD oil, and they have like their own tariff code and everything on it, so it's completely legit. But if you think about it, like, there's so much farmland here that could benefit from actually growing those plants it takes a lot more plants than it does oil to make you know these isolates and everything they're creating well well sure and it's it's a plant that grows very easily you know the birth of the nation it was mandatory for people to grow it because of you know the benefits that they they got out of it because obviously there was a need for textiles for canvas for making sails and ropes and many other things. So Everything it does. It, it, well, exactly, and the same thing today, you know, and I, I would love to see some true innovation where maybe there we can invent a device where you just throw the hemp into a machine and it takes care of it instantly and spit something out like a 3D printer out the other side. <laughs> They're getting you know, there. They're knows? definitely, definitely well, getting there. I've seen some really cool automation as far as industrial scale uh, stuff, and it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Of course, you know, you throw money in that direction, you know, or the promise of money, you know, that that's going to happen more. And and let's hope that it continues to do that, because uh, obviously we'll continue to drive change and we'll continue to drive people to finally just say, okay, let's let's legalize already. Yeah, and like you said before, it, it increases society overall. It makes oh, it better. Oh, for sure, benefits all of us. And yeah. you know, God only knows, like what the environment right now, this poisoned environment that we've been poisoning as people and got all, you know, yeah, from yeah. whatever else, like this medicine is probably good for all of us. You know, I want to say it's good for all of us, but you know, some people may not be good for it because it, some people just don't jive with it. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, you know, my parents would benefit from it, but uh, they don't necessarily jive with it. So, Mine too. It took it took a minute of like, here's another article. Oh look, here's another article. Oh, you know what I can't find, Mom? An article about someone dying from it. Hmm. And then just you know enough of that passive aggressiveness, and eventually they cave. <laughs> depending sure, on. Sure, sure. <laughs> so well, it's, exactly. Mine too. But you know, they they actually voted for legalization because they live in Colorado, <clears throat> but you know they don't imbibe themselves. Right, and you see a lot of that, people that don't smoke, but they do see the benefit. Well, well, sure, I it's mean, good. why not? I mean, how harmful is it? It's yeah, yeah, it's not hurting you, so, yeah, why not? Yeah. It sounds I mean, like you have a lot of, like, activist in your blood. Was there something that led to that, or have you just kind of always been that way? Well, you know, I guess uh, I kind of had led to be that way in high school, kind of a misfit and not, you know, no direction. And then finding your way in life and realizing, you know, what you're passionate about and what you care about and realizing that, you know, standing up and saying and doing something is probably a good thing, you know, including like uh, my younger days going out into the woods of the northern panhandle of Idaho, you know, trying (laughs) to protect the forest from being... 
uh, clear-cut, which is one of the last forests, forests that have not been touched by man, which is pretty cool when you think about it. So why would you want to go in a clear-cut? They say for, you know, fire safety reasons, but nature takes care of itself. If it catches yeah. fire, it does its own thing and releases nitrogen in the soil, et cetera, et cetera. It's all good. So, uh, so yeah, you know, uh, just I guess ever since those days all the way till now, and, you know, cannabis has been there, like uh, 15 years old <laughs> was my first time that uh, I had experienced, and uh, it was a pretty fun one. Eventually, I'll, if I have an exciting enough life, I might make a novel and make a fun movie. But, um, you know, yeah, it's just been there. It's kind of like it's my bro. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of our listeners can definitely relate to that. It's just a plant and a substance too. Like there's a lot of other substances you could turn to a lot of which are poison, uh, depending on the dose, of course. But I definitely cannabis is one of those that like, I've never been bit by it. It's never made me want to kill myself or make me feel like I got the flu or just, you know, any of that negative stuff you see from a lot of these other substances. Well, good, good. I mean, of course it depends on how you approach it. Like I've gotten sick off of doing life hits, you know, Sure, sure. Stupid days, and I don't do that that anymore. Yeah, Headaches from stupid. smoking resin, scraping pipes, and all it, that fun exactly, stuff. Exactly, exactly. But even you know, you that's, learn. that's what kind of impresses me a, a lot more, too, I think, is that even with all of that nasty crap we were doing, like, we still are doing okay, you know? Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I've been to my doctor multiple times. I thought, okay, for sure, this is the year right. my doctor's <laughs> going to say something because of how much I... Well, you know, I actually have a medical condition that this helps regulate. I don't have to take my uh, the pill that they pre- prescribe for me, That's which awesome. actually has more adverse side effects than it does, you know, uh, positives. And so, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't I? Yeah, that's you know? so weird. It's almost like they want you to be sick so that you of can course. keep taking these pills. Weird. Well, it's a simple recipe to drive the economy, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's sad. It's sad that we drive our economy on the backs of, of people that's own people. You know, I, I would like to see that change. I would like to see us maybe, again, if it was something where you had everything legalized, you made it benefit everybody. You know, literally everybody benefited somehow to the point where maybe we had better jobs or there's just, you know, economy that's stronger economy that we all benefit from to be able to spend more and do more with, you know, maybe people would be happier too. It seems like uh, somebody's going to smoke some weed one day and come up with the idea that makes all of that possible. I think it involves robots doing all the dumb shit (laughs) we don't want to do so we can spend time (laughs) creating art and, you know, being fancy and thoughtful, things humans are good at. (laughs) Well, that's happening. Now, the question is whether or not that will play out the way we hope. Right, right. Is it going to play out like short circuit and we're going to wind up with Johnny Five, a lovable robot? That would be so awesome. Oh, it'd be great. Or is it going to wind up being Terminator, you know, and holy shit, here comes, uh, you know, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger again. Yeah. Boy, is he old, but he's a robot. Watch out, he's going to kick our ass. Johnny Five or the Terminator. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I don't yeah. know. There's actually Skynet exists, just so you know. It's an actual government group or government program that calls itself Skynet, you know. It's Google. How endearing. I assume what? it's Google and it's Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> Niantic. Yeah. And, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That whole thing is so weird. I used to play Ingress when that came out, and there was no, like, camera access or mic access, at least that we knew of. And it's almost like they were testing the waters, and they're like, are they okay with just location? And then and then this, it's like, are they okay with full camera and mic and location? And you yes, a lot of them are. More people than actively use Twitter, uh, it sounds like. Well, sure, yeah, and they're going places where they shouldn't. Yeah, they're going into people's houses. Yeah, right? in people's yards and stuff. It's yeah, it's yeah. Ridiculous. No, that's a little over the top. I think you know. Yeah. Just from a personal standpoint, there's going to be some serious litigation against the company. I mean, how do you explain that? And how does that even become possible? Where you, you can, you know, again, where you're like trying to get a Pokemon out of a house. Where did we and you're going get into to the this window, point? And you get shot. Yeah. How did we even get here? I what feel the like hell? they would just go up to the judge and be like, "Judge, your honor, uh, it was a Pikachu." I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, if the judge is pointing a phone at you and is playing, then yeah. you're, you know you're all good. Then it's idiocracy, and we're all <laughs> yeah, exactly at that point. Hey, it's uh, President Comancho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Comancho Mountain Dew. Oh man, <laughs> that's right. That's so fantastic. Yeah, you know, it's what plants crave. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Brondo. Brondo. So what uh, do you guys have like a ETA that you're working towards, or is it just kind of a when it happens, it happens sort of thing? Well, uh, sure. In regards to the New York City Cannabis Film Festival, that's actually happening in September around the third weekend, and it uh, looks like we're going to be having it in the same location we had it last year, which is the Weiss Hotel in uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Um, and then uh, next year for the Cannabis Culture Film Festival, we're going to start taking submissions for that film festival around... Uh, September, and we'll either have it in April around, you know, the Holy Days, or uh, we'll have it in the same time frame we had it this year, which is June. But, you know, we want to make sure that uh, wherever we decide to have it, that it is a good time frame for the the locals. You know, we don't want to also impede or step on anybody else's toes like some other big music fest or something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Be respectful of the city, and the city will come out and hang out and be cool. Well, yeah, and plus we want them on board, you know? The more people that uh, can can be a part of it and and understand what it is that we're trying to do and basically provide a safe haven, you know, for stoners to get together and vibe and watch some movies, hang out, and have a great time. That's awesome. um, You guys should work. Are are you familiar with uh, Doug Does Movies? Um, Is that Doug Benson? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, no, I am familiar with um, getting Doug with high. Or getting yes, that that's the other one. There's one where he does movies, and it just seems like oh, wow. a great fit if he just came and did that live because he does that live, you know. That would be fantastic, actually, and he would be more than welcome as a as a as a guest for sure. Um, you know, the first year and actually the second year for the Cannabis Culture Film Festival, but the New York City Cannabis Film Festival, our host was the Sucklord. <laughs> who is a toy designer and uh, you know reality TV star and many other things, but um, but yeah, we always look for talented people who are interested in helping us uh, you know make this get further out into the world. So if there's anybody listening, like the Kevin Smith or somebody who is in the industry who is uh, you know notorious smoker, uh, midnight toper. Yeah, that right. would be... Mr. Benson. And we would love to have you. We're looking at you, Mr. Benson. The ball <laughs> right. is in your court. 
That's right. Hey, and Doug Benson, you know, uh, I've been – he was a part of the marijuana logs, right? The what? Oh, the, mar- the yeah, marijuana yeah. logs? Yeah. Okay, because, like, I was pulling a stoner moment there and didn't want to be like, yeah, I've been following him since the marijuana logs. And I was like, wait, thanks, Stonehenge. Um, so, yeah, um, and, and I've also caught him at comedy shows uh, in the city at actually the pretty bland name of the comedy club in the city. And, uh, yeah, and I'd love to see him again. So that's awesome. It, come, I, I would love to see that fest. here in Washington, actually. <laughs> well, Hey, why not? You know, if, uh, if we get enough interest for, for it to be held out in Washington state and we can find it. And like I said, a way to be able to host it and imbibe at the same time, yep. that is what we want. That's cool. What's the uh, review process like? Do you just every year get to watch a whole bunch of stoner movies, some awesome and some not so much? So every year, you know, we, we uh, will start the submissions. And usually we, the first year for the Cannabis Culture Film Festival is only about a, a month, month and a half. Uh, this year we had about four months. Um, and for the New York City Cannabis Film Festival, we've actually had more time. So the more time we have, the more submissions we get. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of stoner films to go through. A lot of stuff, too, that gets submitted where it's, like, doesn't have anything stoner, like anything cannabis or hemp-related, which is, you know, important to have anything. It could even just be a reference. I mean, in the New York City Cannabis Film Festival last year, we had a film that was uh, just the Joker making a reference about smoking blunts, you know, and that's enough (laughs) to get it in. Um, it it doesn't, it doesn't have to be full frontal, you know? Right. We're not talking like half baked here. You can just be moderately baked or, or what have you. Yeah. Or yeah. Or grandma's boy or, you know, whatever floats your boat. I mean, you could even say that 30 minutes or less is somewhat of a stoner film. I'm going to just submit an episode of the hot box. That's at least a half hour. There we go. (laughs) Well, how about you uh, host an episode of the Hot Box uh, during the film festival, and we do a live feed uh, to the film festival to your show. Ooh, that would be awesome. We could definitely do that. So what we'll do is just set you up with a link, so that way you can tap in, and you know what we'll do is maybe arrange uh, interviews or something, timing, you know, time it out. So yeah, bring people to sit in front of the screen of my likeness, and then I will just ask them questions, and we'll do it. Okay, that, that could be a, that could be possible. So we know, have that technology. We, we definitely have that? the technology. We, exactly. I mean, it's not that hard to do. Yep. So I mean, you can multicam with your iPad, man. That's cray cray. You could probably, if I didn't already spend so much silly money on like a mixer and mics and all that crap, I could just podcast from a damn phone at this point. But you know, <laughs> got to use the equipment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That you know, I, I kick myself in the pants a lot of times. But you know, I started out actually too as an electronic musician. I did a lot of experimental, but I did a lot of breakbeat, and I was uh, organizing raves in Spokane, Washington, back oh, in the nineties. Nice. Uh, I probably was... went to a couple of those <laughs> in the nineties. Yeah. No way. In the late nineties. I'm almost 40, go- so yeah, in, in the late 90s, late definitely. Ni- what's late 90s for you? What is that, 97? Like 96, 97, 98-ish? Shit. 
that's the time frame. So that's yeah, awesome. I mean, we we held film festivals at the Sonic Temple downtown. We uh, we threw film festivals once at the German House, uh, which is uh, by I think I don't know if the Waffle House or whatever the Pancake. Well, I think it's the Waffle House that's right there. And then um, we threw a bunch at a meatpacking plant out uh, out in the industrial area. In the bottoms. Oh, man. I, I bet. I wish I still had flyers. I've moved so many times since then. Like, I've kind of just lost a lot of that stuff. But that's awesome. Well, yeah. So we were, you know, organizing those things because the same thing here with these film festivals where, you know, people, we all wanted to have fun. We we're all smoking, occasionally, you know, dropping or eating yep. shrooms yep. or whatever. And, uh, you know, what better place than a rave to get together and have a good time? And we were going all out, you know, one main room with, you know, the top acts for DJs <laughs> with a slamming system and then a side room, of course. Yep. And then an additional room with side acts where uh, you know, I would put on live, live groups, including myself. <laughs> and kind of miss those days, actually. But um, Do you still play you know, or make music or, or produce or anything you know, like that, that? Or is that, it all movie-based you know, now? Well, exactly. If in regards to what I make now, it's mainly for film, and you know, for what what it is I do for movies. Is that uh, just because the I, amount of time I very it, much it would takes? Like to be like Carpenter, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but back in the day, I, I also made music for my films back in the nineties. But uh, that's back when I had my synthesizers, my drum machines. <laughs> you know, I was doing everything MIDI and you know, doing everything via instrument, and now it's all just on the computer where it's being, you know, emulated. Yep. And so it's, and times have changed and that's made a big difference. And it's kind of discouraged me a little bit because it's almost made it a little too easy. I like the idea of having to take an instrument and patch it in and you got to run it into a board and make it all work and understand how that works. Yeah. And that's and, assuming you know, that you know how to play that instrument to begin with. <laughs> well, exactly. But when it comes to experimental music and electronic and dance, dude, I mean, come on, you know, yeah, we have, have to be Bach. We have a machine micro here that'll pretty much just make you whatever kind of beat or or tone you want. You know, it's it is ridiculously easy. It's cool that it, yeah. it lowers the bar, the barrier to entry, so that more people can get involved in you know music. There's something about just and for me personally, it's just like a little beat pad thing. And there's something therapeutic about just you know tuning out and just making sounds, you know, regardless of if anything will ever come of it, it was in the moment, a a good thing for me. And I I think that's cool. That's, that's more noble, uh, you know, being somebody who's actually composing, even if it is within a software program or what have you, than just being a DJ. Because actually I started out as a DJ with platters, you know, and whatnot. Actual vinyl. I I realized, exactly. I realized that um, within that world, there's just a lot of egotistical assholes, yeah, and yeah. I didn't want to be one. And I and I saw it was you know better just be making the music. So yep. that's awesome, but, man. Um, yeah. Well, cool. Tim Matson, festival director, founder, Cannabis Culture Film Fest. It's been awesome. I appreciate the time that you've made to come chat with us here. Hey, Matt. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. And like I said, uh, let's definitely hook up and uh, get uh, the film festival associated with your podcast. So that way more people can see what's happening in the Northeast. And then next year, when we're in a legal state, maybe yours, maybe right in your fucking backyard. We got room you know, in our fucking backyard, I'll us. tell you. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, well cool. cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll definitely stay in touch, man. Awesome. All right, Matt. Well, you have a great evening. All right. You too, Tim. Thank you. 
Tim Matson, of course, Cannabis Culture Film Fest. Check that stuff out, CannabisCultureFilmFest.com. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it. I got a whole bunch of stuff to write from the conference for work, so thanks for listening. HotboxPodcast.com, StuffStarsLike.com, CannabisJournal.com. Check out all the content there and uh, get informed. We'll catch you next time. Peace out. If you like if you weed, like this weed, is this where, is where you, you need to, need to be. be. <laughs> if you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast.